Hello and welcome back to Platform 63, the business podcast for entrepreneurs. My name is KG and as is always, we need you to either like, share, subscribe, comment and tell your people to tell their people that if entrepreneurship is something that they care about and want to find out what they could be doing better in their own businesses and their own journey, this is the podcast to be watching. So uh, part of that journey is really the numbers part. In fact, it's probably the biggest part of it. Uh, and we thought we should bring somebody who's got a long history and experience around how to model a business and to get it right um, and has a proven track record in, in the market as well. But before we even get to that, we thought let's talk about his own entrepreneurial journey and some of the things that he's faced over the last 25 years, Peter? A little bit more, unfortunately. Ooh. Okay, so more than 25 years. <laughs> Peter Forshaw from uh, Cash Converters is here with us today and we'll be chatting with him. Thank you so much for making the time. Pleasure, thank you. Let's go to the beginning. We do it with everybody uh, because we want to get a sense of uh, of Peter. Take us to as far back as high school, if need be, and, and what's sort of informed. Yes. Uh, managed to pass high school, which, yeah. was, which was good. Uh, ended up at uh, UCT um, for a rather long academic career, longer than it was planned. Initially planned. Initially planned, um, but fortunately persevered. Got through. Got through degrees. Um, managed to pass the board, uh, did my articles with Price Waterhouse, uh, which was uh, Price Waterhouse then, uh, PwC now. Uh, completed articles, qualified as a as a chartered accountant. Um, but I think from day one, I, I was not really ever in the mold of a typical auditor. And entrepreneurship has always been part of uh, part of my psyche from the age of thirteen when I sold secondhand uh, overcoats. Um, so, but for me, the 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 um, the ability to understand numbers and understand auditing and accounting and the financial side of the business was, was important. And, and I think it, uh, it, it has stood me in, 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 in good standing. Um, so I finished uh, articles then, um, uh, actually went into auditing, started an audit firm here in Midran. We were one of the first uh, audit firms in, in the growing metropolis of what Midran was back in 1991, uh, two somewhere back there started an audit practice um, which still is still going today although it has reloc relocated to Ravonia um, and it was really in that audit environment that I was exposed to a lot of small businesses and just businesses in, in, in general and I was always looking for, for opportunities um, and uh, back then um, you know we were still dealing in, in, in times when international brands weren't really South Africa due to sanctions mm -hmm. and not being able to operate here and franchising as an industry was in its infancy. We're talking mid-90s, early 90s? Mid-90s, mid 91, 92, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, from, from so it was probably a combination of uh, intellectual interest in the concept of franchising and looking at it as a business model. So I uh, got involved, started, uh, started looking at that particular industry and we in 1993 put a consortium together different skills um, and for me that's an important part of businesses when you have partners or a management team of people working together you've got to have very different complementary skills um, and uh, and we had a we had a group of, of, of investors and we brought two international master licenses to, to South Africa back in 1993 and opened up in 1994 and we need to go back in time that was a very Different space. Uh, different space, difficult times. Lots of people were immigrating, leaving the country because of the, the new era we were going into. But for us, so a lot of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty in, 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 in South Africa, as there has been, and you know, 
sure. yeah. all different the time. Yeah. And it's part of probably uh, operating in South Africa. And what we saw as a group of uh, group of entrepreneurs, um, and we had an accountant, that was my role. We had someone who was into property. We had somebody who was a legal person. We had operations people. We had a whole great dynamic team of diff different skills. Um, and we looked at, at, at franchising uh, on an international scale and we brought PostNet, the, the master license for PostNet, to South Africa as, as well as cash converters almost simul simultaneously. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, it, was, it was really exciting times back then. It was the forefront of the franchise industry. The franchise industry at that stage had really only been food and fast food based. Um, uh, McDonald's wasn't even in South Africa when, when we started. Um, and that, that began the, 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 the journey. So for me, it was really simple. University, chartered accountant, and then got involved in, in, in the business I'm, I'm involved in. Uh, I love how you say it was simple, chartered accountant, yes. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> Not the easiest <laughs> journey in one's life. So that really was it. And I think for me, um, the, 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 the real great thing about, uh, about franchising is it goes hand in hand with entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, you know, um, it is a it is a a less risky way of, of getting in, in, into business. So, um, you know, business is about risk. It's about risk and reward, and what what uh, what r risk you prepare to take for, for for rewards. And I think what franchising does is it it, it mitigates some of that risk. Um, I don't think it takes away the entrepreneurial uh, spirit and flair involved in business it's still your business you're making the decisions but still you your do risk. It, you do it's still your risk but you're doing it within a framework from a brand perspective you're doing it within a framework from a system perspective um, and uh, and I think there have been a lot of extremely successful um, uh, franchisees who've done really really well in, in, in the business and I'd love to hear about some of those success stories and what you think allowed for those entrepreneurs to achieve that success. But maybe still staying on your side, what have been some of the lessons over that 25 plus well, year period now? I think, I think the lessons are you, you need to have a well thought out, well considered plan. Mm. You've got to plan the business. You've got to also stick a stick in the ground and you've got to make a decision. So for me, um, uh, success in business and life in general is about making decisions. And, and as a good entrepreneur, you're going to make more good decisions than bad decisions, but uh, you will always make bad decisions. And I always say to people going into their own business and starting out in businesses, it's important to make mistakes. Do not be afraid to make a mistake when you're in business. Mm. So long as you, you made a decision, and if it's a mistake, make another decision to change it. Don't do the same thing twice if it's the wrong decision. But I think decision making and being able to make decisions and make decisions quickly is, is, is critically critically important for, for, for entrepreneurs. Um, and I think that's maybe a big distinction between people who are in a corporate environment. Yes, they have to make decisions, but they're not critical decisions. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship is about, you're an entrepreneur, you know what it's like, you have to make the decisions, but it has to be founded and, and start off in a plan. Um, and I think that's the real trick to, to start in, is to get that plan right. And that plan has multifacets, you know, about business plans, um, it's about a marketing plan, it's about an operations plan, a financial plan, a budget, cash flows and all of that. But it's really reducing to writing in, in a document what, what the business is about and what, what you're going to do. And then as best as possible to stick to the plan, but always change the plan. Mm. You know, if you go and read the Uber, the 
which is well publicised, what their plan was. It was very different to what it's turned out to be now. Likewise with, with Airbnb. If you look at that, that original model, there was an idea there, there was a concept, um, but it, it, it's, it's morphed and changed along the way. It's almost playing this balancing act between sticking to the plan but knowing when exactly. to do it and being fluid as well. You've got to have a plan, you've got to be able to change the plan. Mm. But you can't go in there with no plan. <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately, um, a lot of the, the failures um, from, from an entrepreneur perspective and a business perspective is, um, is in the financial planning and, and, and the cash flow management. It's so important to, to get a, a, an understanding of what the cash flows are going to be in the business particularly in the, in the first year, two years of the business, to really understand those cash flows. And I think one of the problems you've got with entrepreneurs is they're eternal optimists. Mm. Every, that's that every, just, just every, every yeah, yeah. And, you know, we all see the, 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 the uh, Excel spreadsheet graph. <laughs> every month we're going to do better and better. Yeah. So I think um, entrepreneurs need to temper their expectations um, and reduce them to, to, to proper, a proper plan, and particularly... Cash flow. Cash flow is so important for, for, for any business. And in that tempering and thinking around um, cash flow, what would you say the, the, the considerations should be for an is, is to Is to identify those fixed costs mm. and keep those fixed costs to a minimum and, and pay a bit of a premium for variable costs. Yeah. You know, you don't want to enter into 24-month contracts, 12-month contracts, 36-month contracts. Be very careful of those. So I think, I think you, you, you need to get a handle on what those real costs are and then you need to have a fallback plan and you need to constantly measure your business against the plan. So if you were expecting to do a turnover of X in this month and you did less than X, better understand what the implications of that are going to be in the next month and the next month and the next month and you need to constantly adjust that, um, adjust that expectation and that cash flow. Um, the worst thing you can do is under budget what your cash flow um, uh, uh, requirements are, particularly when you're looking for funding. Um, and um, I think big mistakes that entrepreneurs make is when they go look for funding, whether it be from investors, whether it be from the bank, is you are the eternal optimist so you want to almost prove to yourself, I don't need that amount of cash. That, that I, I, I don't need that. Whereas the reality is you do and you probably, you probably so I think getting getting the business plan and all its components and spend the time as an entrepreneur reducing that too. Reduce it to writing. Mm. There's, there's, there's a lot to be said when you've got to think something through and reduce it to, to, to a document um, that you can that you can read and people talk about the elevator tests and the elevator plans and in many ways of presenting your many presenting models, yeah. models. But I think the important thing is you, you, you reduce it, get it out of your head, get it into a written format, and then um, you do need to have the financial components to it. Let's talk about this financial component a little bit more. One, do you think an entrepreneur needs to have a baseline understanding of the numbers, and where should that be? Uh, and the role of an expert in that environment, because we live in an environment now where entrepreneurs are sort of outsourcing that part of their journey. So I'm sending a request out for somebody to put a business plan for me, together for me, and the numbers, and I'm just presenting this at the tail end, not having a true understanding of what's in it. I think it's critical have to have a, 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 an understanding of the numbers. Um, I, think, I think what accounting does is it confuses and it scares a lot of people, mm. people off. Um, and, but you need to understand, you need to have a, if you're going to go into business, you need to have a basic understanding of financial.
financial statements, um, of the actual bookkeeping, of a basic understanding of the double entry system. You know, when you understand how the double entry system <laughs> yeah. works, for every debit there's a credit, for every credit there's a debit, and you need to understand that. And I think it's incumbent on, on entrepreneurs to, to, to not shy away from that necessity to understand that, and where necessary they need to have a basic skill. I don't think that means you have to go and be a bookkeeper or an accountant to understand it. That's not necessary, but a basic understanding of the numbers is so important. Um, in, in our business, cash converters now, we manage our franchisees to, to, to a large degree by looking at the numbers. And because we've had so much experience, in a very short period of time looking at the numbers, and when I say numbers, it's the key ratios, it's the key balance sheet items, which are both assets and liabilities. It's the the, 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 the rent is a percentage of turnover, it's the salaries as a percentage of turnover, and it's the key ratios that you look at in your business. By, by being able to look at that in a very short period of time, we're able to identify potential areas of concern in, in, in the business. And I think that's important for entrepreneurs is to, to understand in their business what, what is the important leading indicator for revenue. Mm -hmm. So find those revenue indicators. If you're in the hotel industry, it's how many beds are you are you able to to to, um, to turn to, over? To turn over and, uh, what is your occupancy levels? Um, in our business, cash converters, it's the efficiency of the stock turn ratio. It's the gross profit percentage you're getting. It's the fees you're earning. You you need to find those unique ones, and they're not the same. And you need to watch them like a hawk. And you got to watch them like a hawk, and you need to understand the impact if you're not generating those sort of um, expected returns and and adjust the plan. And, and that, I think that is really, no outside consultant can come and assist you in that. That's mm. what you've got to feel, you've got to, you've got to learn. Um, so, you know, entrepreneurs, there's a balance between the sales, there's always the, the, the sales activity and the, the financial accounting and administrative side. You need to get that balance. Um, you need to get that balance. So, there, and there are many, there's a wonderful um, program called Color by Accounting. Brilliant concept of demystifying and simplifying the accounting system um, for, for non-accountants. And there are many courses for non-accountants. I would really strongly suggest that uh, that entrepreneurs do skill themselves up, at least at least at the level that they understand a little bit about the accounting system. So another key component in franchising, and I stand to be corrected here, is really around systems. Because I, I would assume that one of the things that makes franchises work is Really solid system. 100%. A lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that. Um, how important do you think it is and, and, and what kind of systems should one have in place in those early years of it, it, operation? Yes. Uh, 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 to, to start with, um, to start with those systems, to a large degree are going to be in the entrepreneur's head. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, we talked to, and over the years and the journey we've, I've had in franchising, we've, we've been involved in, in, in a number of other franchise businesses and we've been involved in helping people franchise their business and and I think that's one of the key things that a business when they go from being a business to a franchise business it's in that system and what franchising does is it systematizes the entire process of the business so from an entrepreneur and that's if you ever wanted to franchise, to franchise. Business, that's where you have to go but for any business I think it's important that you have systems and you understand those systems um, and as time goes by reduce them also put them into some form of a system systematic approach of, 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 of how you run the business. Um, I think it's really important to, to do. Uh, a lot of that you'll know intuitively. Mm -hmm. 
standard in, in your business. But once you start employing staff, and once you start employing management, the complexities uh, just grow. So if you don't have an approach to have systems in the business, the whole the whole the business could could be at, at, at threat. So you know, and I think typical entrepreneurs start with themselves, then they get staff, and then suddenly they realise they need to have people to manage the staff, and that's where the, the business grows. Yeah. And 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 I I, I I think if you if your system is fundamentally sound and you follow the system and you do it with uh, with with sound financial um, and mouse and um, and and plans in place, your chance of success will be will be great. With cash converters, one of the things that you've managed to do as a team over the last twenty five plus years is really scale the operation, um, and that that's also a conversation I want to have with you around. How an entrepreneur knows when the right time to start growing is, and how do you manage that growth? Uh, what are sort of the key indicators that one should be looking at? What what should you be sort of monitoring again, like a hawk? What has it been for you guys? It, it that that is a huge that is a huge challenge, and um, you know if I can relate back to the to the to the franchise businesses I've been involved in, it comes down to um, a certain number of franchise outlets. Mm. So. You do the business plan and you know that we have to grow the business to a certain level to make it Makes viable sense. and yeah. profit and sustainable. So I think in terms of, I think sustainability is an important concept in business. You need to get that business to a sustainable level in terms of scaling it up to be sustainable. Um, and, and that is a big challenge because you, you are inefficient at a certain level. So at a certain level of your business, you're inefficient. So you need to get it to... To a the right profitable mix, and then the problem with entrepreneurs is when they they almost go one step too far, and and they try and scale the business too quickly and too big. That can also be a risk, and that's what being an entrepreneur is about: mm -hmm. is to get that balance right. Um, I think as businesses grow, you do need to bring in additional skills. So if you are the entrepreneur who is the salesperson and the 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 the, the left right brain, if you're the right brain person and you're creative and you've got all the wonderful ideas. Have, make sure in, in your team that you have support people who are systems focused, who understand the financial side of the business. Um, and, and you need to scale. Unfortunately, the quicker you can scale the business up, the better. You know, it, it's that runway, that runway. You, you want to get off that runway and into the air as quickly as possible. But, but you need to do it conservatively and realistically as well. And, and unfortunately, we, as we all know, you know, space there are far more failures than successes and everybody obviously always focuses on the successes but for every success and if you look at the amazing successes there are numerous businesses that are not successful sure. um, and and uh, and uh, and that's just that's the risk reward of being an entrepreneur I think one of the things I love is that you've had enduring partnerships as well in the business um, and I'm I mean just purely as a early stage entrepreneur myself I'm, I'm looking at certain partnerships and wondering if they, they will stand the test of time. Um, what do you think makes for a great sort of partnership? I, from, from my perspective, my partner Richard and myself, I met Richard at university. We were university buddies. We worked together on a number of university initiatives. We were on RAG, we were on InterVarsity. We worked well together and I think the reason, and we've been in business since 1993, mm. it, it, it is a remarkable story and during that period we've never ever had issues between ourselves. And I think the main reason for that is we're completely different. We have totally different skills. I'm more the ideas person and 
dreamer and come up with all sorts of ideas. Richard is an implementer. You know, we've always talked about Richard as on time, two spec within budget. <laughs> that works well, and that's not my skill. Mm. So I think if you want to have partners, don't have people who are the same as you and have the same skills. Have people with different skills, um, with 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 um, with different um, um, uh, approaches to life, and that's really important. Very different skills, but but underpinned with a common value system, and I think that's almost more important than um, and than complementary skills. You, you can't go into business and build long-term relationships if you don't have common values. That to us, the values are are, are absolutely based to to any business, particularly when you want to start scaling that business business up. So for us, values is, is, is as a concept is critical. And you may need to talk about that in, 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 in a business and as you grow the business. You know, we all talk about the vision, mission, statements and all of those things, but they actually are quite important as you begin the, the, the growth journey. Especially the more people you're bringing in. The more people and, and, and the values. And I think values, you can, you can define the values in the business. You can, you can sit and write values up on the board and they, 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 many words, adjectives to describe the values in your business. And I think what you need to understand is it's the values in the business that drive what the ultimate corporate culture of the business is going to be. You can't define what your culture of the business is going to be. Um, it is a, it's an, a, a result of, of a whole lot of other things, but starting with the values. So common values, different skills, and be very clear what the boundaries between your roles in the business are. Very, very clear what the boundaries are of what is your space, what is my space, and try not to go and interfere in the other person's uh, space. And then I think what's really important in solid, um, sound partnerships is a clear understanding on what is brought to the party. Who's bringing what to the party? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, ultimately, that needs to be reduced to, to writing in terms of a partnership agreement, a shareholders agreement, and it does have some financial implications to it. Um, we all think we bring in the same um, resources to the party, but one person may have money, the other person may have other skills. And I think that's where a lot of partnerships fall down, where there's a misalignment and it's not clearly defined and, 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 um, and, and everybody knows what, what they bring to the party. That, that's, that's important. If there is one thing I know, it's that sort of adversity um, will show you your true values. And I love that you spoke to values. One of, I guess, the universal adversity that we've all experienced is COVID-19. The pandemic has been harsh. What do you think some of the lessons, or not even lessons, insights that you've picked up just looking at how the business has responded and the people within the business and the system, uh, what, what has it said to you about your business? What has it said about what you guys have done for the last couple of decades? Um, well, and, you know, it's just nearly a year ago that we went into the severe lockdown. Um, I think we, as an organization... Um, were able to transform extremely quickly. Um, uh, and I think that was part of our success. We were able to transform rapidly. And I say transform within 10 days. We had implemented uh, Microsoft Teams platforms throughout our organization from our head office support staff. Um, we established communications. For us, that was really important going into the COVID because we had no idea what we were going into back on the 27th of March, 2020. Mm -hmm. So we were able, for us, what was critically important is everybody went off into their homes and our network effectively 
really shut itself off was how do we maintain communications? For us, that was critically important. And what we did was we used various platforms, um, webinars, Zoom, Teams, whatever, to communicate to our staff, to communicate to, to our franchise network, um, and and to, to, to the franchisees and their staff. That was critically important for us. Communicate. You've got to be able to communicate. And I think the, 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 the value we then very strongly on our fundamental values, and one of our values is, 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 is collaboration. So our approach through the whole uh, initial phase of it was we need to work together, we need to be co collaborative, we need to understand what the issues are, and then very importantly we had to make decisions. Um, we had to make decisions very quickly, so we created a mechanism uh, amongst our exco and then the directors where we had to make decisions, we had a mechanism and a platform to, to do that. And I think we were able to make those, uh, those decisions. Some of those decisions were very hard to make. I'm pleased to say I don't think we made too many bad or wrong decisions. And in retrospect, I would have made those decisions again. But clearly, with hindsight, you may have done something different. The yeah. important thing is we made the decisions. Um, and, 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 and we were able to, 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 to sustain our network as best as we possibly uh, could. And we had a rally point from a head office perspective was to get our stores to open in the best possible position that they could be in. That was like our mantra and our rally point. So everybody in our organization, their focus was, how do we get people back? How do we get the stores up and trading? How do we, um, how do we, how do we get the ball rolling? So we tried to keep that wheels uh, turning as much as we could during the hard lockdown. And at the first opportunity we could, we could take to open the stores, we did. Um, so I think that was important, but we made decisions all the time. Um, we confronted issues. They were not always easy decisions to make and they were not always well received by the franchisees because mm -hmm. we had to make decisions for, the, for the, the best of the brand and not necessarily for an individual franchisee. Um, but I think we did a, I think we did a good job. Um, we've learned a lot. We've transformed the business. Um, we, and I think entrepreneurs are, 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 are eternal optimists. And we always try and look at the best from a bad situation. Mm -hmm. So we use that to take advantage of, of transforming our business. Um, the net result of that is we've almost reduced our head office space by 50% because we realized we were inefficient and we didn't need that. Mm -hmm. The digitization of our business has been critical. And I think all those businesses that have been able to transform digitally um, are, are, are better off now than they were when, when we went into into um, lockdown. So, for example, we always wanted a web shop uh, where people could uh, buy a product from us. And it's an obvious thing. Cash converters were thousands of wonderful second-hand items. And that was always on the development plan, but it was always kicked down, the can was kicked down the road because, COVID uh, you know, you know, we'll get to it and the business model doesn't deliver all the returns we would like. But what COVID did was it accelerated that and we willingly took that on. And now we have a web shop that people can buy a product, have it delivered, and make payment online. That would not have happened if it hadn't been for COVID. Um, is it making money? Well, at this point in time, from a group perspective, no, it's not. But it's adding value to our franchisees, but more importantly, to our consumers, our customers. And we, we're attracting new consumers and customers. So I think entrepreneurs need to roll with the punches. They need to adjust and uh, change their way they do things when faced with uh, adversities. And this COVID is, it's a one in a hundred year 
incident that, that we're faced with. Um, but you need to, you've just got to take it as an entrepreneur. You've also got to make the hard decisions. We closed a couple of stores during COVID. We made the decision um, that those stores had to close. It was for the better of that store, that franchisee at that point in time. Not an easy decision to take. Not an easy uh, decision to put into effect. Yeah, you have to take that decision, yeah. You have, but you have to, you have to do that. You have to take those hard decisions. Peter, as we wrap, how does the future look for, for the business? Um, obviously understanding that the market has changed dramatically, like you said, digitization is a big thing that you're contending with and sort of embracing as well. Um, how does it play out? Understanding, I, You know, it's, 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 I, from, from, I think businesses going into the future now, I think there's going to be a, a, a sort of a swing back to real world, solid businesses, solid business concepts. I think, I think the next couple of years are going to be really, really difficult in South Africa and around the world. Um, from our perspective as cash committers, as, as a brand, we've looked at this and we're really, really comfortable with the, 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 the business model, the fundamental business model, because we're very simple. We provide people with access to cash. Mm. Um, and I think that's an important thing in, in, in any business. You need to be very clear what, what you do. And uh, I, 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 I like uh, Simon Sinek and, and one of his TED Talks when he talks about why, what, and how. Mm. Very important as an entrepreneur to know why you exist. What do you, what is your bit? What do you do? Our business is about giving cash to consumers. People need cash. It's access to cash. And they can do that by selling product to us, by taking out a pawn product, by taking out a microloan, buying product of good value. So we've got a very well-defined um, purpose. And I, I, we're comfortable that in, in, in the, 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 the growth going forward, we have a role to play in a bricks and mortar environment, as well as the migration clicks and mortar going into multi-channel um, uh, business. Because people will always need money. People mm. will always have goods they want to sell. People will always want to buy good value second-hand goods. So I think we, we, we're happy we've tested that model. But interestingly, um, it, it, the outcomes, the expectation in terms of our numbers, trading numbers, have been interesting. Certain products where we thought wouldn't do particularly well have done really well. Others that we would have thought would have really done extremely well haven't done well. Um, and I think that's indicative of this changing market. So any entrepreneur out there, you're going to have to think of your business from every angle, look at every opportunity um, and, and, and adapt as you go forward. Um, we're fortunate we've got fairly sophisticated IT systems. We literally look at the numbers on a daily basis, trying to pick up trends. Mm. So that, that's important. I think that's the biggest frustration for business now uh, at the moment is to try and pick up on, on those trends. Um, investors and business people like a, a, a sense of the known, of, of predictability. And I think that's what we face with at the moment. We cannot predict. Um, and entrepreneurs are eternal optimists, so you always try to predict the most possible, the most positive outcome. But, but that predictability, we don't have that as much as we used to a year ago. We, we, really, we really don't. From our perspective, um, we're happy. Um, we are investing in the digital migration, the fourth industrial revolution, important. We've seen how Facebook Marketplace, how Gumtree, Bid or Buy, all of those peer-to-peer, um, uh, uh, -peer, consumer-to-C2C business models are, are doing well. People are selling and buying goods um, in that environment. And people have often asked, is that not a threat to the business? It, for us, it's not. It's just, it's, it's actually educating people that you can sell things and buy things secondhand. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it through digital platforms. But there's no reason why Coming to a cash converters, it's safer. You don't have to worry about who's going to pay me or they, 
Am I going to have to meet the person at the garage at 12 o'clock at night? That type of stuff. So I think we have a role to play in that, but we need to morph with it. We need to, 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 to have those platforms. So I think for us, um, we're, we're positive about the future. We understand it's going to be a rocky road. Um, we, are, we, are, we, we have to support our franchises as best we can. Things have changed. We cannot get in cars and go and visit our stores as much as we used to do. So we've had to adapt and create other means of communicating and supporting our, our network. But, but we're, we're positive and we feel, we feel comfortable in, in the next couple of years for, 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 our, for our business. And it's unfortunate when you see businesses like Greyhound coming to an end. Mm -hmm. um, the, the number of businesses that have gone into, into business rescue or, or have closed down internationally and, and in this country, unfortunately, I think we're going to see more of that. Um, what that does, of course, is, um, and, and I feel passionate about this, that in a country like South Africa, the only way we're going to get positive and sustainable growth is through entrepreneurs and through small businesses. That's, that's the fact. We can no longer rely on big, big business and big corporates to generate employment, um, let alone relying on government and, and um, um, government organisations. Mm. It's up to entrepreneurs. It's up to people using their experience, using their knowledge um, to go out there and 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 make things and make things happen. And that, I think that's, that's part really of why we, we, this platform is important for us to create an environment where the truth about entrepreneurship can be sort of um, archived, if you would, yep. because I think one of the challenges we do have as a country is not the best understanding of what entrepreneurship truly is. Uh, and speaking to people like yourself and everybody we've had on this platform is really about that. And I, I'm really yeah, appreciative yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, there, there's the, the debate, you know, or, or can, can, can someone learn to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> or, or is it an embedded or embedded a DNA, you, yeah. a DNA thing? I, I think it's a bit of a combination of, of, of both. Um, I think entrepreneurs... Uh, can, uh, people can be nudged and assisted and helped to get into an entrepreneur um, sort of nurture uh, entrepreneurial nurture it and, and 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 and, uh, and assist people and there clearly will be people who who, who won't be entrepreneurs um, and and that's fine but this country desperately needs entrepreneurs it needs it needs support from the government perspective um, the, the 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 legal requirements the compliance requirements um, in this country as we all know are stifling the growth of small small mm. business uh, or any business, whether it be on the labour front or on the licensing front or, or whatever it is, the just compliance. You know, we're dealing with uh, papaya now, the poppy act going Poppy's forward. Right. I mean, what that does to, to businesses and small businesses is just another um, uh, burden, constraint on, on constraint on it. So if, if there would be one appeal to the government and to the powers that be and the banks who they to provide finance is you've got to you've got to got to get things going. You've got to stimulate the economy. You really have to create a conducive environment. You have to create a conducive environment. And at this stage, unfortunately, it is very difficult for, for businesses to, to and small businesses to, to, to get going. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. But there are wonderful entrepreneurs and there are incredible stories that, that come out and we hear about, as you do every single, every single day. I'm taking this out of the conversation. A clarity of vision and purpose, a sense of purpose, like you were alluding to Simon Sinek. The big decisions have to be made and the small decisions have to be there must be a plan, but you must be willing to sort of go with the times. And if you're yes. reading the data right, be able to, to pivot as Correct. a winner. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and at some point, people will go back to those principles and values. I think it's something that you spoke about as well. A combination of that will set you sort of in the right direction. 
Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know you've got to dash, but thank before you, you dash, you. you're not going to get away with this either. We have, we have a little game that we play. I'm going to throw a couple of words at you, and the first thought that comes into mind, you, you just... The first word. First word. Okay. Uh, or thought. <laughs> no filter. Okay, entrepreneurship is... Entrepreneurship is um, a wonderful opportunity for people to grow. Time has taught me? Um, make mistakes, but never make them twice. Family is? Oh, family is incredibly important, um, and they need to be prepared to go on the journey with you. Money is? Money is just uh, a measure of a scorecard. Don't, don't let money absolutely drive you, um, and use money to your advantage. Don't be completely driven by, by money. In the end, I want to be remembered as? Whew, as, as, as someone who's contributed to uh, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial development. Three songs on my playlist right now. Jeepers. <laughs> and now you've got me. Books you're reading? Uh, I am. I'm reading Ethel Fugot's Road to Mecca at the moment. Okay. Um, I am reading. What else am I reading? Not, not as much as I should be. I I'm reading to all your books now. I listen to more books than I do. I, I inadvertently subscribe to audiobooks on Amazon. I'm not quite sure what to do. So I have to, <laughs> I'll have to get one of my children to explain to me what I've subscribed to. Because I, I tried to listen to something that didn't work. Click download and just listen. <laughs> it really has been a pleasure. Great, thank you. I look forward to catching up again. Great, thank you. Thank you so thank much, you. Peter.